Welcome to the Well Child Podcast, brought to you by two board-certified pediatricians, Dr. Anna Powell and Dr. Samira Arman, also known as the PD Pals, as we talk to you about topics involving raising well and happy children in today's challenging society. Please follow us on social media at the PD Pals or find us online at www.thepdpals.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Well Child. I am Dr. Armin, and this is Dr. Pal, and today we thought we were going to switch it up a little bit. If you've been following our podcast from the beginning, first of all, thank you. <laughs> Second of all, uh, you would know that we had a particular uh, aesthetic when we first started our podcast, and now we're starting to evolve a little bit and start to think about what we want this podcast to be and how we want it to look. So this is still a work in progress, but for one, we want to make it way more casual than it was. We want to invite you into our virtual examination room. So how we want you to feel is comfortable, relaxed, just like us. We've got our cups of tea here. Uh, And then you're listening in on a conversation between two colleagues, two friends, two doctors, two pediatricians about the stuff you really want to know. So we really want to make it super casual. And that's why we both got our cups of tea. What kind do you have, Anna? I just have a regular green tea. Oh, yes. I have a tea. And my cup says, uh, it's the big year you're 40. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought just a regular cup. <laughs> I'm actually visiting my mom in the in the burbs, and so that's why I got a different little background. But comfort yeah. is key, right? It really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I hope that if you're joining in and tuning in today, I hope you're in an area where you're comfortable. Uh, if you're on your commute, maybe take a deep breath, relax, enjoy yourself. Because we're about to have a really great little chat about something really important that you probably don't hear pediatricians talking about very often. Anna, why don't you tell us why we're here? Yeah, of course. I mean, today is Sunday. um, So it's Sunday fun day. And we thought, what a better way than to talk about something that me and uh, Dr. Sammy do on a daily basis, which is laugh. (laughs) Laughter is the best medicine, like they say often. And laughter is something that's so important and something that we have to remind ourselves to do. We shouldn't have to, it should come naturally, but um, it really does have so many health benefits, not only for us, but for our children as well. So because our relationship really began on laughing, (laughs) um, I think it's what makes us um, such good friends that we are and what created our bond from the beginning, because um, I don't know if, if our listeners listened to the first episode or if they remember, but we kind of started our journey on in residency when we were on a night shift together and we just laughed the whole night. And it was a very stressful night with very sick patients <laughs> and we worked really hard and we were running around the whole hospital. But in between, we were giggling, nervously giggling our way through it, <laughs> if you remember. So it's a big part of our mission, you know, for ourselves and for our um, podcast. And we thought it's it's a topic we haven't talked about, and we should. But mm-hmm. I have to say, I I think I giggle a lot in general. Like I I have a really hard time being serious in general. Mm-hmm. But I don't laugh with anyone as much as I laugh with you. Like you are some <laughs> other kind of funny. 
and and nobody I mean I feel like you're so unappreciated for your humor thank you and thank it, you. even if you try to say something serious to me see I'm starting again <laughs> like, maybe this wasn't a good idea because now we're gonna laugh through the whole thing <laughs> yeah and you can totally try to say something serious like oh my god I'm scared I might have coronavirus somehow I start laughing but but yeah, so you're super funny. And and that's what got me when we were in residency together is because I got your humor right away. And you have that like really cute kind of sometimes sarcastic, sometimes you make a pun, sometimes you just really, you're really witty and I love it. And so you get me laughing. And then of course, like once we both start laughing, then it's over. Um, and we had some, some touchy moments in residency when it was like a really serious lecture or something like that. And we were like, we cannot look at each other. If we look at each other, we are going to get in trouble. Um, like it's like that office meme, you know, where if you're like, don't make eye contact or else we're going to be unprofessional at this point. Right. But also, do you feel like you, have you always been like this or has this changed have you always like has your humor evolved over the years yeah that's a great question I'm thinking about that and I think I get it from my parents um I think my dad especially I think he was always laughing and so um I think that was just a part of our um daily life um but I think I am that's a good question I need to think about that but I think it might have been a coping mechanism you know, that you, that I probably resorted to. So when things, uh, when I was little, we moved around a lot. And so, um, there was a lot of changes. There was a lot of transitions. And so I think, um, resorting through to laughter was just something that, uh, you know, naturally happened and it's something I've embraced and continued. Uh, but you're the only one that finds me this funny. I mean, I, Give everyone this example that please talk to Sammy because I am hilarious. <laughs> and they don't believe me. Well, you are so funny. And actually, it's so true you said that because you do. Like the thing that's so funny about you is that you will make, you'll crack a joke in like the most serious situation. Or like if other people would be really cranky in that situation, it's usually surrounded around work, right? Something's happening, we're late. <laughs> You know, we're behind, like five of the nurses called in, like something that's supposed to be stressful. You don't just crack a joke uh, about the situation and more, usually more sarcastic, and then I'm done, which is like, I mean, I'm so lucky I get to work with you. But, but, uh, no, yeah, I feel the same way about you because you instantly get my humor. So you know that, um, that I am, you know, that this is a tough situation and we're both in that situation. But at this point, all you can do is laugh about it because you can't change it. Right. Right. And so, yeah, you really do need to surround yourself with people that, you know, get your humor because sometimes, you know, people might not laugh at the same things, but we definitely do laugh at all the same things. Yeah, we sure do. And um, so for me, I have to say, I think my humor has evolved over the years. Like I definitely was not a funny kid at all. I mean, I, for sure, looking back to them, like I was so painfully shy growing up, So I definitely didn't have the humor thing. And I think it evolved as I, as I evolved, as I like grew into it or whatnot, maybe, you know, with humor, it's always one of those things where you'll crack a joke. And if you get, you get a response, then you get more confident in your joke making ability. And then suddenly you're like, wait, I'm like, oh, 
And, um, and then it just kind of builds on itself that way. But also I feel like, you know, turning 40, like, click, you know, and then at that point, I was actually just talking to my husband about this today. I stopped wanting to be stiff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as doctors, we have this feeling that we really have to, you know, have a certain level of professionalism and that's mm-hmm. perfect and it's fine and it's there for a reason. Thankfully, as pediatricians, we get a little mm-hmm. bit of a pass on that because we get to be goofy and funny with the kids just to do the circus mm-hmm. that you always refer to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but I think I also, you know, it is sort of like getting older. You're just like, I don't, I don't want to be something I'm not. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that's probably this inclination that we both have is probably what took us to pediatrics in the first place. Because, you know, when you see kids going through the toughest part of their of their life you know when we we used to take care of kids that had terminal illnesses that had cancer that were stuck in the hospital and your heart goes out to them because that's not where they're meant to be you know they're meant to be out there playing having fun but as pediatricians we could never come in with a serious face because you see these kids in the hospital and all they want to do is laugh and have fun and make the best of the situation you know usually they're not sitting there um you know pouting away that they're in this position. Most of them, once they feel bad and then they feel better, they're usually back in good spirits. And so I think probably both both of us are drawn to that because we get to be fun on a daily basis. It's almost a privilege, right? You get to have fun even in the most stressful circumstances. And um, that's a great coping mechanism. I mean, it might be a coping mechanism for most people, but I think that keeps us happy. And, and the reason we wanted to kind of do this episode, because we wanted to talk about the actual scientific benefits of laughter and of humor, because there's so many of them, you know, um, some of the things that we talk about, it actually reduces stress, which we all know how bad stress can be. It lowers your heart rate, your, your blood pressure. It gives you better immune system, better digestion. So having a less, uh, a better coping mechanism to handle that stress has infinite benefits, you know? I totally agree. And I mean, just logically, we know Mm -hmm. if you're high stress and that stress is constantly floating around in your body, it's going to suppress your immune system. That's what it's there for. That's what it's there for. Our cortisol levels go up uh, because Mm -hmm. we're in that fight or flight response. And the way that human beings were designed was that we were supposed to have our stressful flight fight or flight response only in situations of extreme danger where like our life was in danger, you know, where right. like there's a saber tooth tiger that was going to like eat us, you know, but then as soon as you were in the, in, you know, a safe area, then that fight or fight or flight can't talk today goes away. And then you would, you know, calm down and then you'd be back in a normal state and your body would be in what we call rest and recover. And that's mm-hmm. when you heal. And that's when you're able to rest and essentially digest. Exactly. For the next occasion. But now our lives are so busy that we're just constantly in that fight or flight state and Mm -hmm. it's not good for us. And so to bring something into your life or your child's life that brings their stress level down should be a no brainer, right? Mm -hmm. Having more, more laughter is what we need to be doing so that they can have all of the benefits. And parents are constantly asking me, like, what can we do to boost their immune system? What can we do to boost their immune system? Like I said, there's like a little pill I could give you, like, here you go. If that existed, 
we'd all be taking it, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. obviously we would all want it. It doesn't it's exist. So it, it's like a multifactorial mm-hmm. process and it's complicated. But one piece of that puzzle is stress management. Yes. And why yeah. not manage it by teaching your kids to laugh? Exactly. And and like you said, with your fight and flight and then rest and digest, if you think about it, all those other functions that are so vital for your body are now on the back burner, right? Mm-hmm. Your digestion has gone down. So yeah. kids, you know, their metabolism has changed. Childhood obesity is on the rise. Um, they're getting sick more, you know, cancer is on the rise. So these are all housekeeping things that your body does on a day-to-day basis. And because of stress, because of anxiety, um, those are put on the back burner. Cause like you said, they're in fight or flight mode all the time. And so we really need to find ways Uh, And so are we as parents. So it's really just hard for everyone all around. So you really want to take actual time to really dedicate to um, having fun. And, you know, it seems so simple, but it doesn't always work that way. But, you know, it's another thing Like there are even studies right now that have started to link like this is stuff that we're just starting to see the tip of the iceberg right yeah there are studies that are linking our stress levels and you know hormone levels to our gut microbiome uh which also is a big part of our immune system and Mm -hmm. i think to i think typical kids right most kids have a propensity to laugh most are very jovial i think we as adults in society we impose a lot of negativity unwillingly um but also you know it's like that fine balance as a parent like you don't want to be happy-go-lucky all the time they need a sense of realism too Um, they need to know what real life is like otherwise they're gonna get a rude awakening if the first time that they go and step outside you've not warned them about what things are really like you know so it's like you're trying to find that balance which is always so hard as parents but I think about examples of like kids who toddlers Mm -hmm. who want to be tickled and then they've been around a toddler or wants to be tickled like (laughs) Again, 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 like it never stops. Like <laughs> it's contagious. It's contagious, right? And they just like they would want to go on forever. You know, when they yeah. like something, it feels like an eternity for the parent. Like, oh my God, I did that like 70 <laughs> times in a row. Like, when do we stop? But they just love that. That's just their way of looking at the world. Like, why does it have to stop? Why can't it be like this every day, all the time? All the time. And that's why great. Yeah. And, and that's why I think that first period, you know, the, when they're infants and when they're toddlers, uh, you know, moms and dads cherish it so much because it rubs off on you. Right. So if you look at in the baby stage, what they find humor, you know, they're not going to find my sarcastic humor funny. Right. They they are happy being tickled and physical stimuli and blowing raspberries. Right. So for them, they get that physical and visual stimulation and they just think it's hilarious. Right. And then if, like you mentioned with toddlers, um, being surprised, you know, peekaboo an unexpected tickle, um, any kind of element of surprise that is not the norm of how we normally act around them, they think is hilarious. (laughs) You know, if you put a shoe on top of your head or, you know, if you wear a funny hat, in a funny way, they just think that's hilarious, right? So knowing about how humor affects the different ages developmentally, um, I think you naturally see that during the progression, right? Yeah. Um, I had a patient last yeah. week, sorry to interrupt you, but I had a patient, I'm going to change the details for, you know, confidentiality purposes, but I had a patient, um, super cute, 
And the minute I walked, of course she's two. The minute I walked into the room, she goes, no. <laughs> I mean, I literally, she called me so afraid. I was like, what? What do I do? But, you know, that's their favorite word, right? And so I walked in, she's like, no, no doctor, no doctor, no doctor. And, you know, it's the first thing I did, I was like, okay, bye-bye. And then I like hid behind the computer. And then I kept, you know, kind of like looking, you know, discreetly. And she was trying so hard not to laugh. And then finally I got her to giggle. And she looked at her mom. She goes, doctor, funny. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We do, you know, I don't think people truly appreciate what pediatricians do in a room. And we were just talking about this earlier, that we literally do circus. We do a circus just to gain that slight bit of confidence. And that confidence that they get in us is really based off of humor. You know, if you can make them laugh, if you can, you know, because they're going to come in like, you know, snarling at you. And and then the minute they, that comfort level comes naturally, even if you talk about a nine month old who doesn't understand anything, who doesn't know anything, but stranger danger is kicking in, you know, they have stranger anxiety as soon as you come in, but the minute you make them laugh, the minute you do something silly, it's like instantly they have that connection, you know? And so that just shows you the power right there of humor, you know, Um, like we come in with props, you know, all kinds of things. So I think the modern day patch Adams. (laughs) I tell you, you have to be right. Like you really, they should really uh, record us one time to see the craziness that has to happen for us to get through the day. So I feel like, you know, even the school age kids are so fun and they are easy to make laugh because they're the ones actually that make me laugh the most because they say the darkest things, you know? And, yeah. and if you can have like a back and forth with them, the parents are laughing, life is good. But when they mm-hmm. reach the teen stage, I find that one hard. And I'm curious, do you make teens laugh? Have you cracked the code? I, I I just go with my like dry, sarcastic humor that, you know, I will get a lot of eye rolls. But then eventually, you know, you have to, uh, I guess. Uh, either I I find that with teenagers, if you make fun of them a little bit or like make fun of mom or dad, you know, they get that sarcasm because now they've come to appreciate that a little bit, but it's very tough because they are a ball of nerves, but they're trying to be very cool and, you know, not show that they are nervous. (laughs) And so, and they're too cool for you. Right. They're too cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think that I tell them that I'm very cool, actually, but they just haven't discovered it yet. See, you're so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Only you. I think that I think for me, the only times I'll make them laugh, and I I guess I recycle my jokes. I'll say something like, Oh, so you're 17, you know, you get 17 shots today, right? And then they're like, what? And then I'll be like, just kidding. And that always gets them. You know, because they're so nervous that they might have been right that they like a laughter of relief. Exactly. <laughs> so I have that one. And then a lot of times I'll make like, yeah, I'll make like the jokes that makes them uncomfortable for a second. And then I'm like, just kidding, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I've got like 77 um, med students outside. Do you want them to come in while I do your exam? You know, <laughs> things like that um, will make them giggle. But but I find them to be a little tougher audience. 
Yeah, like in in terms of parents, I think dad dads and dad jokes always make me laugh, you know, because they're so dry, but they bring that like lightness in the air. And so I think um you know, they're very corny and they're, you know, we make we give dads a lot of grief for their dad jokes, but I think that type of environment is something that should be you know, should be encouraged in a household. Um so, you know, I think it's important because it teaches them that spontaneous, you know, it teaches them to be spontaneous and think about things in a different way or, you know, go beyond just the surface of things. You know, there's so many layers to life and how they can understand different things. So I think humor is a great way to even teach them about those intricacies of life. I don't know um, if you notice that with some of your patients, how, you know, how the parents are versus how the kids are in terms of personality. Yeah, well, it, it's fascinating, that kind of stuff. You know, sometimes, for sure, some of the kids are carbon copy personality-wise of their parents, you know? Mm-hmm. If, you know, I have so many times where, like, the dad won't come and, I'm, and I feel like I'm looking at the dad by looking at the kid, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, it's like, especially if the parent, the other parent's not there, I get more of a sense of their absence, I guess, because I see mm-hmm. it in their child. But then sometimes they're just so different from their parents, mm-hmm. too. I mean... It's just, there's so much that plays into that, right? About what they are. But I think the take-home point today is the benefits are monumental. And we're not only talking about IQ, but we're talking about EQ, you know? Emotional yeah. intelligence is is so valuable, right? It's not anymore about kids' grades and everyone going to college. Our world is evolving and it's so much more than that. Um, stand-up comedians make a great living, you know? Yeah. And um, totally. I know. That, that's the thing about evolving. When I was younger, I didn't care for stand-up comedy. And now it's my favorite thing ever. And actually, I don't like to watch anything sad. I like, you know, I, I used to love Grey's Anatomy. Why? I don't even know. It was not like a realistic doctor show. But um, I used to love that kind of stuff. Like, oh, feeling all anguished. You know, <laughs> I like really like delved into my, um, you know, deep and sensitive side. And now I'm like, oh, God, you know, give me something to laugh at. Exactly. No, it it really does change change your mood. I was curious though. I was while you were talking, I was thinking about this because with even with laughter and humor, sometimes there has to be places where you draw the line in terms of humor, right? So if you think about bullying, a lot of the bullying that happens in school could be based off of humor that's maybe offensive, right? And so I was just curious if you had to deal with this in your kids, you know, in terms of making jokes that might not. Um, be as sensitive or might be offensive to someone like I think that would be really tough as a parent of when to know not to laugh and when to draw that line to say okay we have to you know humor it has to be done responsibly too because there's a lot of messaging that we get through even humor Um, and so that has to I think that's a that's very I mean that got all serious but I think that's definitely something to think about right this is why you're so brilliant. Um, that's such a good point. Like, such a good point. Because, And then, you know, that's teaching your kids the difference between laughing with someone and laughing at someone. Right. Um, and so if you are making a joke that you thought was funny and you can tell that the recipient is not laughing with you, you need mm-hmm. to cool it, right? That's mm-hmm. not the time or place. Um, and you might have inadvertently offended them or hurt their feelings and you don't know what they went through. Um, mm-hmm. With my kids, that's the main lesson. And I try to really make sure that I teach them to be aware of other people's emotions and to read facial expressions and to be sensitive to what someone mm-hmm. might have gone through. 
because you just never know, right? That's the whole thing with bullies is that they always think they know you and they don't. And you don't know what the person just went through five minutes ago. You don't know what their home environment is like. And I teach the kids that all the time. But also my kids tell me about bullies at school a lot of times. And I also will try to have them empathize with the bully as well. That Mm -hmm. even if the guy said something, you know, try, let's talk about was he or she right? And usually the answer is no, right? If they're saying something that's hurtful to you, it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it's not the truth, then it you know, should be something that you're allowed to have the emotion and feel hurt, but it shouldn't you know, crush you. Um, right. And it, you, know, you should have the emotion and it should pass through like a wave and then you come out of it on the other side. But really, I try to teach them, again, that person that said something to you, the reason that they said it was because they have a they have a problem with something that's going on inside themselves and they're reflecting that on you. And again, we don't know what their home environment's like. Maybe when they go home, their mom and dad are hurting them. And maybe that's their way of coming and and finding laughter in something that's not really funny. So we we try to have those talks. It's really hard when kids are the recipient of mean uh, right. you know, uh, being spirited. Yeah, no, it's, it's really tough. And it's something I think about a lot because coming from an immigrant standpoint and coming in, um, you know, to, I, I mean, I am, my family immigrated here when I was seven. So that was a very impressionable time because, um, a lot of the humor is based off of our culture and our race. And, um, you know, a lot of the comedians we find they, that that's what, that's the material they use, right. They, the way people are and stereotypes, and they use that information to, uh, to create their, their skits. And so some of that stuff, you know, we have to be willing to laugh at ourselves and the things we do, but it gets to be a very fine line. It's yeah. a fine line of when that, um, you know, it, it racially uh, sensitive, when those jokes become too much or how much are they shaping the way kids talk about race or religion or cultural background, you know? So it, it seems like it would be difficult to parent through that, you know, but I think that as long as we are conscious about what's going on in our environment and how our jokes impact the people around us. I think if we're sensitive to the messages that, you know, we believe in, I think that naturally will come to our children. So I don't think that we should be nervous about making jokes, you know, but we have to still be responsible because um, this is how it becomes a part of society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. Yeah. But also, you know, for someone listening to this podcast, I just, I think if we can empower people to remember this all starts at home. Right. Sometimes we will hear about our child doing something we didn't quite approve of. And it's a good time for self-reflection. Did I have anything to do with that? And if you did, change it. Are you, Mm -hmm. are you using humor in a good and wholesome way at home or have things maybe not been ideal? Has there been a lot of gossiping at home? or, you know, things like that. And then your child doesn't know not to repeat it when they go to school or whatnot. So that's one thing. Um, but also that the, your children are watching you, right? So if you are the kind of person that if someone says something to you, you kind of like, oh, that is kind of funny. I am kind of like that, aren't I? Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. And then you move on. Then <laughs> I am kind of short. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you know, they joke and, and, 
don't take it too personally and then just move on, then your kids will learn that too. But if you're like, what? I can't believe he said that. Like, that's not yeah. funny. And I'm not like that. And then and then you like dwell and dwell and dwell and dwell on it. Guess what? Yeah. Don't do the same. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the other thing though, is when your kids are, you know, are participating and trying to be funny and joking around, um, you know, and it might not be something that is, um, you know, funny to you. I think you do have to be cognizant of how you interact with them at that time, you know, so laugh at their little silly jokes, you know, as long as they are, um, you know, appropriate. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think to, you know, have a time where you watch a funny movie together, or, you know, you joke about things that happened that day. I think that that's all healthy and it's helping them um, take a stressful situation and making it into a positive and make, and also not taking themselves too seriously. Right. Because that's where all that stress kind of comes from is when we take ourselves too seriously. And so Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. And and it it will strengthen your relationship with your child, right? Think of anyone that you have inside jokes with. It just takes one second, right? And <laughs> of you guys saying something that only the two of you find funny. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> and um, that's it. No right? reason. Kind of like no instantly reason. connected. And just think about that with your kids. And yeah. there's so many ways you can do that. There's funny board games you can you can buy and play together. Mm-hmm. Any kind of night, you know, that you're turning into a game night, if you guys make it all about having fun and laughing, then you'll remember, remember that time when dad did da 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 da, you know, and then, ha, 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 and everyone will laugh about it. So those are, are good ways to do it. Encourage them to tell their jokes, like you said. There's always the, okay, first when the laugh loses game, right? That's all you need to say to a kid and everyone starts like, you know. Um, exactly. One, my girls and I play, which is just so random, but I guess some kid at school told them about it. It's called sausage. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, so, I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm sure like a second grader made this game up and we play it regularly as grown adults. But um, it's just so so silly, but it makes them laugh, so we go for it. So anytime we're bored or in the car, we're like, let's play sausage. So the, <laughs> the point of the game is that, like, for example, I'm trying to, you and I are playing together. I'm trying to make you laugh. And you're, I ask you questions and you're only allowed to answer them with one word, sausage. And so it starts to get really creative. And But you have to be totally serious and you can't laugh. And if you laugh, you lose. So, for example, oh. I'll be like, hey, Anna, what did you have for breakfast this morning? And then you're like, sausage. And then I'll be like, well, was it your, you know, I don't know. What did your pillow smell like last night? Sausage. <laughs> you know, you just start getting really creative, right? Like, and then, yeah. of course, somehow there's always poop jokes that come into it. Like, what what, what did it look like before you flushed it down the toilet? Ha, 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 sausage. You know? <laughs> yeah, it builds creativity. It's a fun activity to do. I always love that game Mad Libs. You know, oh, the little uh, love uh, Mad Libs. That's my oh. favorite. Yeah. I could play it anytime and um, I, I remember not, not too long ago with, uh, playing it with some friends of mine and it was just hilarious and the kids get such a kick out of it. Right. Yeah. Cause you get to be creative and you get to, it's, it's, it's a great one. I love it so much. Have you Mad Libs with Jimmy Fallon? I haven't. Oh, what? Oh, wait, maybe I have. Oh, I don't remember. I need to go back now. Oh I need God. to go. They are so funny. They're so funny. There's one with Natalie Portman, which is just like makes you cry it's so funny you gotta watch it. 
It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So there's so many different ways that we can incorporate it. I think, I mean, that's the biggest take home is find ways for you to laugh and then to have your kids join in, you know, because I think it's, uh, there's enough to be serious about in life and take it from two pediatricians that are acting silly on a daily basis in stressful situations that you got to laugh through it. You do. And I think another thing that you can make them reflect about, you know, laughter to most of us, many of us means happiness, right? It's it's just kind of a reflection of a happy state, which again, we were just talking about happiness equals rest and digest as you say it, or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so it it helps you, it helps your immunity. It helps you recover. It helps your health in so many ways. Um, So you're helping them understand what the feeling of happiness is like. And then you can also empower them as they get older and they have friends to see and, you know, which ones of their friends are making them happy? Which ones are they having fun with? Who are they jovial with? And who's making them miserable, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, Right. And who are they constantly not happy with? And once they start to figure through that, then they pick better friends and they have a, you know, it, it all is kind of like a snowball effect. Snowball effect. Exactly. So I think if you do it responsibly, I think as long as you find that balance where you're not using laughter as a way to suppress everything, you still want to talk to your children. You still want them to talk to them about things that made them, you know, upset, things that made them laugh today, things that were stressful. So you want to use your emotional intelligence or your emotional vocabulary to distinguish, you know, moments that were funny or moments that were stressful that were then made funny, you know, Um, or things that were difficult that we couldn't laugh through, but we had to get through in a different way. Um, And then being conscious about the jokes that you're putting out there and and how you're uh, and the messages that you're putting out there. I think if you just keep those two things in mind and then just have fun, I think there's no better medicine. I agree. Laughter is the best medicine. Way to end the podcast. Nicely done. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't plan that one at all. That was so good. All right. Well, we should wrap it up. Yes. Thank you. Keep laughing. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, hospital, organization, employer, or company. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants. The participants are critically thinking human beings. Therefore, these views are always subject to change, revision, reconsideration, and recalculation at any time. This podcast collaboration makes no warranties or representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information, communication, exchange, and the participants will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its broadcast dissemination or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. It is the communication recipient's responsibility to verify any fact.